that sort of epitomizes what a, what a worship song is all about. Well, good morning to you. I want us to continue with our study on our church's doctrinal statement, what our church believes and why we believe it. This morning we're going to be talking about what we believe about the person of Jesus Christ. Before we get started in that, let me, let me read to you what our doctrinal statement says. What do we believe about the person of Christ? We believe that Jesus Christ was begotten by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary and is true God and true man. Back in December, as a matter of fact, on December the 17th, I preached a sermon on who Christ is. We talked about His two natures. We believe that Jesus Christ is fully man and fully God. We believe in His divine nature. We believe in His human nature. But as I read that doctrinal statement, you need to know that that barely scratches the surface concerning all who Jesus Christ is. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He is Redeemer. He is Sustainer. He is Lord of everything. We believe that He is God. Amen? We believe that He is the second person of the Trinity. We believe that He was virgin born. We believe in His blood atonement. We believe in His bodily resurrection. We believe that He is the resurrected, holy, perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God without sin. We assert with the Apostle Paul when he said, when Christ who is our life. You want to know who Jesus Christ is? He is our life. And we worship Him. We adore Him. We love Him. And I don't think the timing could be better for us to talk about who Jesus Christ is this morning. Not with the blasphemous documentary that's supposed to be airing tonight on the so-called Discovery Channel. They need to rename it to the Blasphemy Channel because you're not going to be discovering anything new. This morning, I don't know if you plan on watching this documentary on the supposedly discovered ossuary or the, the bone box of God. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to waste my time. But if you are planning on watching it, there are a few things that I, I think you need to know as, we get, as, as you do watch it. This documentary claims that the ossuary or the, the bone box of Jesus of Nazareth has been uncovered. It was uncovered in a tomb and along with the bone box of the Lord of Jesus of Nazareth, there was the bone box of Mary Magdalene and their son Judah. You need to know this. All of this was done, all of this is being done by the same guy that produced the Titanic. I don't know if you saw the movie. I've not even saw the, I didn't even see the movie Titanic. I know how it ends. 
Why would I go see a movie where I know the ship's going to sink, right? I never did see the, the Titanic. But anyway, this Cameron, this is the same guy that produced that. And since then, his career has been sinking. Everything that he's done since then has been a flop. And so evidently somebody came up with a great idea of how he can regenerate his career. Folks, what is being aired tonight on the Discovery Channel is all about filthy lucre. It is all about money. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, first archaeologists that discovered and, and investigated this tomb with these bone boxes, when they asked him about this, a man by the name of Amos Cloner, who had already discredited all that had been said about the, the bone box of Jesus, he said, it's just profitable TV. Just profitable TV. It's what the archaeologists said about it. It's all about money. Christendom, it's all in an uproar. Well, you turn your television on and it's talking, it's interviewing this Christian theologian or that theologian or this Bible scholar or that Bible scholar. And the world is, the Christendom anyway, the Christian world is in an uproar. And my question is, why? Why? This should not surprise us at all, folks, that the world's attention, that the world would want to, to stir this type of thing up. You know what should really surprise us? You know what really should surprise us? Is that we don't see more of this type of thing all the time. What really should surprise us is that we have lived in relative acceptance of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the last several hundred years. And I think it's because of this nation, this nation being founded on godly principles as a Christian nation. But I want to tell you something. The world hates God. And the thing about God that it really hates is the resurrection. So what really surprises is not that the world's attention and, and their focus is on this, the, this, this bone box, but that we've lived in relatively acceptance of the resurrection by the world for so many years. Now you need to understand that this garbage is not new though. This is not, this is not new. Didn't the rulers of Israel pay the guards hush money? Didn't they pay the guards hush money? So it started at the very beginning. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees went to Pilate, and what did they say? They said, we need guards because this deceiver said in three days he was going to rise again. So this attack on the, on the life of Christ and the resurrection of Christ has been going on ever since the Lord Jesus offered himself up for the sins of the world. And when the resurrection occurred, they gave the guards hush money. You tell them that the disciples came and stole the body away. So this is, this is not new. Matthew 27, 63 is when the Pharisees went and called Jesus. That deceiver said, well, they've been calling him a deceiver ever since, but we know the truth. He is God of all creation. Several years ago, well, quite a few years ago now, 10, 20, I forgot now, 
there was a book that came out that was called The Passover Plot. This Passover Plot says that, that Christ didn't really die on the cross. He just swooned. He fainted. Why, after all, he really suffered a lot. Well, we know he suffered a lot. But he actually swooned and they thought he was dead. And so they took him down and he was revived and, and went off and married Mary Magdalene and they lived happily ever after. See, the world has never been able to accept the glorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what we believe firmly. Then was it just last year when they came out with the blasphemous Da Vinci Code garbage and nonsense? Now, you have the bone box, the ossuary. Well, there are some things you need to know about that. First of all, let's accept the argument that the names on there are Jesus, Mary, and Judah. Those are extremely, extremely common names. That proves absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, they gave these startling statistics. Do you know what the odds are of, of, of those names being the same in that, in that tomb? Would you think one out of a million? One out of 10 million? One out of 20. That means one out of every 20 people walking around had the name of Jesus, Mary, and Judah. That's pretty much Neil. One out of 20? What a common, common name. But know this. Stephen Fenn, who is with the University of the Holy Land, says, That's not, those aren't the names on the box. He says, the names on the box are not Jesus, Mary, and Judah. Or at least it's not the name Jesus. He may agree that it's Mary and Judah, but it's not. He said, they've, missed, they've, they've misread this. They've misinterpreted. That's not the name of Jesus of Nazareth on that box. So there's even that controversy. Now, call me stupid. No, I'm just not really. I mean, if I, I know what Jesse's going to do. Okay, stupid. But one of the things that you're supposed to see tonight is they have DNA evidence. And people hear DNA evidence, why? DNA never lies. Well, let me ask you a question. In order to have DNA evidence, did they swab the mouth of God? Don't you have to have something to compare it to? To have DNA evidence? DNA evidence proves that that's Jesus. Do they have hair samples? Did they take his brush? The beard? What, what, how in the world could DNA evidence prove anything? It can't. They can, you know what? It, it can prove it's a human being. That's it. But isn't it amazing how the world lies to you? Isn't it, and two things that are amazing. Number one, how easily the world can lie. Two, how stupid people are to accept it. That just blows my mind. Why, we're talking DNA evidence here, Pastor. What have they compared it to? There's nothing. So you know, we just don't fall for their lies. There are other archaeologists that are calling this thing a scam. 
There are those who are saying, that's the, there are Bible scholars that are saying that's not what's written on the box. Now, I said, well, know this. I won't go there. This is not new. Who knows when this bone box was found? Was it last week? Was it a month ago? Anybody want to venture to guess? Jill. 1980. This is not anything new. This whole hoax has been, it has been discredited by scholars. This bone box was found in 1980. But you turn your television on, you think it was something that was just discovered this past week. i tell you what it is. Well, it's two things. Two things. Number one is somebody says, you know what, my career is in the toilet. I'm not making any money. My career is sinking like the Titanic. I've got to come up with something that's going to make me some money and generate some interest. Ah, I know. It's politically correct to less attack Christians. And not only let's attack the Christians, but let's attack them where the battle really is. And that's in the resurrection. Let me ask you a question. If you found a bone box and you, and you say that that contains the bones of Jesus, what does that mean? There was no resurrection. You are attacking the very heart of biblical Christianity. And that's exactly what they're doing. Let me tell you why. Let me give you some scriptural reasons why. Turn with me to 1 Timothy. Turn to 1 Timothy, chapter 4. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, starting with verse 1. You want to know why this is coming out now? When that boom box was found in 1980? Listen. I'll tell you why it's coming out now. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times or the last days some shall depart from the faith and giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. Speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Folks, we are living in the last days. And the world is just gathering up steam and presenting this nonsense as if it's truth and it's nothing but lies from the father of lies who is Satan himself. And their conscience is seared with a hot iron. Turn to 2 Timothy. I'm not finished. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. You want more of what's going on? Look at verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. No one will disagree we're in perilous times. And it kind of describes what's going to be taking place in this present dispensation during that, those last days. And we're there, folks. But look at verse 7. Boy, does this not describe the producers and the journalists who are behind this movie? Look at verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 8. 
Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, you go over to Exodus chapter 7, 11, and, and, uh, and that's easy to remember, right? Exodus 7, 11. Uh, uh, Janus and Jambres were the two magicians that withstood Moses there in Pharaoh's court. And it says, just as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. What's going to happen to them? Look at verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs was also. There is a payday someday. Why is this thing that was found in 1980 coming to the forefront today? It's because I believe with all my heart we are living in the last days. And the world cannot stand, the world cannot stomach the truth of God's Word. You know what else I find strange? I find it strange that critics, that the world, that skeptics, are quick, really quick, to denounce anything that proves that Christ was a legitimate historical figure. You ever notice that? These critics and skeptics will say, well, there is no proof outside the Scriptures that Jesus ever really lived. They forget Josephus. I mean, that, I mean, that, that one historian there should be enough. This ossuary of James that was discovered in, 19, uh, in 2002, they quickly ran to discredit that. With, oh, no, 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 that, that's not right. The Shroud of Turin. I, I don't know if the ossuary of James is authentic. I don't know if the Shroud of Turin is authentic. Probably not. But that's not the point. The point is, is the world jumps at a chance to discredit that when there's something that proves the existence. But you let something that goes the opposite direction, you let something come along that says that, that Jesus Christ lived, but yet it disproves what the Bible says, Man, they are so quick to embrace that. They are so quick to say, oh boy, we got something and, and throw it in the face of Christians and say, look at here, we've got the bones of the one you said was resurrected. They're quick to dismiss one and they're quick to embrace the other if it suits what they believe. God have mercy on their souls. Another point that I think we need to ask ourselves why is it always Jesus Christ who's ridiculed? Why is it always Jesus Christ who is scandalized? Why is it the Lord Jesus who is always attacked? It's because it's politically correct to lambast Christians and their faith. But I'll guarantee you, you won't see this Cameron and these journalists ever saying anything about Allah. You won't ever hear, see them saying anything about Muhammad or Buddha, or any Hindu religion. Number one, they're scared. They'll get their throats cut. And they know it. So let's pick on the Lord Jesus. But you know what the main reason is? The main reason that Jesus Christ is picked on, that He is scandalized, that He is attacked, is because of the resurrection. The truth of the resurrection. And Satan hates that truth. And Satan hates the church, by the way, because Romans 16 is very clear that, we will, that God will bruise Satan under our feet shortly. 
Satan's scared of you. And he hates you for it. See, those bones signify. If they can prove to the world that we have the bones of Jesus, then what does that do? That just shoots a hole in Christianity. It just blows Christianity's ship to smithereens. And they think if we can present these bones, why the very heart of the Christian faith is that our God is resurrected and He lives. So that's why they're attacking in this manner. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start with verse 1. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Folks, I'm telling you, it's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ where the battle is. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the key event in all of history. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, and how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that He was seen of Cephas, or Peter, then of the twelve. After that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have died, some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Drop down to verse 12. Now, well, we'll keep reading, then we'll come back to that. Now, if Christ, and here is the point I'm wanting to make here. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Are you ready for verse 14? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom he, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. And if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. This attack on the heart of Christianity, this attack by this secular worldly group that is trying to declare that they have the bones of Jesus Christ is nothing short of an all-out attack on your faith on Christianity. Because if it's believed that Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then my preaching, your faith, is totally in vain. That's what's at stake here. That's what this is all about. The truth of God's Word. Now, listen to what the Scripture says. Paul says, we've preached Christ crucified, risen again. Crucified, buried, and risen. He was seen of Peter. He was seen of the apostles. 
He was seen of over 500. Most of them are still with us today. Paul says, he was seen of me. Now you go into a court of law, how many witnesses do you have to have in order? Scripturally, two witnesses. This was 500 plus. The truth of the resurrection can be held up, would be held up in any court of law because of the enormous amount of witnesses. I believe what God's Word says. See, had they written this and it had been a lie, those people would have said, wait a minute, where are these witnesses? Where's this great cloud of witnesses you're talking about? See, it's easy to reject the truth of God's Word today. But back then, you couldn't get away with it. It was not a hoax. Do you think that this many people would have put their very lives on the line for a hoax? Do you think they would have been willing to be thrown to lions and die at the hands of, of, of Roman soldiers and suffer all they suffered for a hoax? And here's what's interesting. I believe that Columbus discovered America. I believe in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I believe that. I believe that George Washington was the first president of the United States. I believe that the Holocaust happened. I believe that six million Jews, I believe what history tells me. But if somebody were to come up and go, you're wrong. Columbus didn't discover America. George Washington wasn't our first president. And you either need to change your belief on that or I'm going to kill you. I'd go, hey, whatever. <laughs> you don't think Columbus got Fine. You don't think six million Jews died in the Holocaust? Fine. Okay, okay, whatever you say. Yeah, see you. See, some things are worth dying for. Some things are worth standing up for. The one was the resurrection. People were willing to die for the truth, for they could not deny what they had seen, what they knew to be a fact. Matter of fact, there's two things to die for. Your faith in Christ and your liberty. Those are the two things to die for. And your family, giving your life for your family, of course. But these witnesses, they knew that he was alive. They had seen him with their own eyes. How could they deny what their eyeballs had told them that their brains had registered? He's alive. Why the women at the tomb couldn't wait to get back and tell the apostles, we've just seen Jesus. He's alive. And I believe, I believe their testimonies were absolutely true. And do you know today, I might be able to, I wouldn't give my life defending that Columbus discovered America. You can believe what you want to believe about that. But I'll tell you what, I'm ready to lay down my life for the truth of the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. That God did not allow His Holy One to see corruption. And I believe that just as surely as I had seen it with my own eyes, I believe it today. And if my life was on the line, I could not deny that truth. See, that in itself is amazing. Think about it. Something that happened over 2,000 years ago, people are still willing to lay down their lives for that truth. There's got to be something to it. It's because it's true. It's accurate. 
Could you imagine if a bunch of the liberal, biased news media had been alive back then and tried to interview some of the, those who had seen Christ? Can you imagine them if David Gregory had stuck that microphone? Well, come on, Thomas. You, di you didn't see Christ. You didn't stick your hand in the nail prints. You, you, you didn't see where he had been pierced with a sword. Thomas, tell us the truth. You're still doubting, right? Why, Peter, tell us the truth about your denial. Didn't you deny Christ before the rooster crowed three? Or didn't you deny him three times before the rooster crowed? Imagine the skepticism and the criticism and all they could do would be to stand and say, I know that my Redeemer liveth, that Jesus Christ is alive. Look at Acts. Oh, Got to hurry. Look at Acts. Luke 24 also talks about the witnesses, those who had seen Jesus Christ. But go with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 3. See, God is so good. God did not leave himself without witnesses. God did not. He, here is the witness of his word and these people who were alive then. Time hasn't changed the truth of these facts. Understand that. Time has not diminished the truth of this word. Acts 1 verse 3 says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. My understanding is that there are three words, three Greek words for proofs. And the one that's used here has to do with without error. Infallible is the proper translation. He showed himself alive. It could not be dismissed. It could not be rejected. It could not be discredited. He showed himself alive after many infallible proofs. And these people staked their very lives on that truth. There is no bone box. There is no ossuary. It is a lie from Satan himself attacking the truth of God's Word. The accounts of this were written down before these people were dead. If Christ was not resurrected, the world could have easily, easily repudiated all these beliefs. Do you understand that? With Christianity growing at the rate, the rate that it was growing, with believers, people coming and saying, Jesus Christ is alive. With the kingdom church growing at the beginning, and then the church, the body of Christ, growing the way it started growing. If there had been a bone box, these rulers would have known where it was at. They would have said, hey, Ahmed, go, go get the bone box. Go get the bones. I am tired of these Christians. I am tired of feeding him to the lions. Let's shut this off. Let's stop this once and for all. Go drag out that body and let's show them that that Jesus of Nazareth is worm food. But they couldn't do it because he was alive 
And don't think they wouldn't have done it had they had the bone box. They'd have paraded it out, folks. The proof is overwhelming for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They may have found bones, but they're not the bones of my Savior, of my Lord. <laughs> they would not have allowed the world to have been turned upside down by these men who've come here also. Remember in Acts chapter 17, what they said about Paul? These men have turned, what was, how did, how would they turn the world upside down? Because of the gospel, the grace of God that they were preaching, which included the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. The Old Testament prophecies. They are, Christ in, in John chapter 5, verse 39 says, In the volume of the book, it is written of me. The types, the prophecies, all were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. His miracles authenticated that he was who he said he was. As I said a while ago, it's easy to reject him today, but not then. If you claim to make the blind to see, that's easy to check out, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if, if you're going to tell somebody something, you don't tell them, I can make the blind to see. Because you better be able to do it. He did it. The witnesses were there. If you're a liar, you don't tell somebody, take up thy bed and walk. But he did it. If you're a lunatic, maybe, you tell somebody, I'm going to forgive your sins. Or I'm going to cure this leprosy. See, I like what Josh McDowell says. Josh McDowell says that Jesus Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. One of the three. One of the three. See, it would have been easy Easy to check out, easy to discredit, to just, just do away with all these claims if they were not true. Just go gather the people that were supposedly made to walk, made to hear, made to speak, brought to life. Lazarus, what do you think about this nonsense about the resurrection? <laughs> he said, you want to see the burial clothes I had on? Look at these. They had already wrapped me up, and I'm here. Jesus Christ is the true and living God who is seated at the Father and ever makes intercession for you and for me. Aren't you glad of that this morning? Just a while back, a couple of weeks back, as a matter of fact, and I'll make this quick. I had an opportunity to talk with a, a liberal theologian. And I like this guy. This, this guy's really a nice guy. He rejects any and all miracles of the Bible. 
because they're not scientifically possible. He considers himself a theologian, but he also considers himself more of a scientist. And he rejects all the miracles of the Bible because it's just impossible. Well, I'm not nearly as smart as he is. But I can tell you this morning, I stand here to tell you that with my God, all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible. He believes that the example of Jesus is what's important. He believes that Jesus, yes, was loving, sacrificing, that Jesus of the Gospels fought for social justice and change. He believes that the meek and the downtrodden were ministered to by Him. And those are the lessons that we are to take from the Scriptures and believe about Jesus. You never noticed how liberal theologians never call Him Lord. They never call Him Jesus Christ. It's always Jesus. You know, the other group in the Scriptures that only called Him Jesus? There's another group in the Scriptures that only call the Lord Jesus. Which group is that? Does anybody know? Huh? Pharisees. No, they call Him by another name too. Demons. Demons are the only ones who referred to Him by Jesus. Pretty interesting. That's a whole other sermon. We won't go there. According to liberal theology, Jesus Christ was a great teacher. We need to listen to his message. And his message is, after all, what got him crucified. He was not dying for the sins of the world. He was dying because his message was misunderstood. He was not the perfect Lamb of God, but He was a misunderstood crusader, a teacher of good things. And we should embrace Him for the good things that He taught and emulate Him. He needs to be our example. Well, folks, I didn't need an example. I needed somebody to die for my wicked ways. I needed somebody to pay the price for my sin. I didn't need an example. I needed a Savior. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. But let's say we believe, let's accept the things that Jesus taught. What did he teach? He taught that he was God. Wow. He taught that he didn't come to bring peace but a sword. Wow. That's kind of radical. And he also taught that he'd be raised from the dead. He believed in the resurrection. And I believe in the resurrection. Friends, he didn't claim to be a savior. I mean, he didn't claim to be an example. He claimed equality with God. He didn't claim to be a good teacher. He claimed to be the Savior of the world. Listen, Christians. The tomb could not hold the Lord Jesus Christ. Death had no claim on him. For the wages of sin is death. He knew no sin we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Death couldn't hold him. By the power of God, he was resurrected. Why is the resurrection so important? Real quick, turn to Romans 10.9, and then we're finished. Why is the resurrection so important? Listen, how can I preach a salvation message? How can I offer salvation to those of you who are lost in your sin? How can I tell you to be saved? 
God's word is clear. Romans 10.9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God, what? Raised Him from the dead. You believe in Jesus, the devils believe and tremble. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You take out the resurrection. You don't believe that He rose again. You don't serve the same Jesus. You don't believe in the same Jesus that God's Word tells me I have to believe in in order to be saved. The whole message of salvation, the whole offer of salvation is based on the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross, He was buried, and three days later He miraculously by the power of God came out of the grave alive. That's why I tell you that that documentary tonight is blasphemous. Blasphemous. And I warn you, just get ready for more. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that that tomb is empty. I thank you this morning that Jesus Christ is alive. Father, my faith is in the living Savior. And I pray, Father, for those men who have produced this documentary. I pray through this that that they come to know you as Savior. I pray that through this that their hearts will be so convicted that through this ordeal they will come to know you as Savior and Lord of their life. Father, I pray that as Christians watch this, as the world watches this, that, Father, there'll be such an outcry, not of horror, but of truth and conviction that Jesus Christ lives, that it'll sweep across this nation and cause cause a revival like has never been seen in this nation before. Father, we come acknowledging this morning that Satan means this for evil. But I pray, Father, that you will use it for good to bring glory to yourself. And we pray these things in the name that's above all other names. Father, I pray this in the name of the one who's that every knee is going to bow to Every tongue is going to confess in the name of Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Amen. This morning we're going to.